This is a homily pod for the second Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year A. Seeing Jesus coming towards him, John said, Look, there is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I spoke of when I said, A man is coming after me who ranks before me because he existed before me. I did not know him myself, and yet it was to reveal him to Israel that I came baptizing with water. John also declared, I saw the Spirit coming down on him from heaven like a dove and resting on him. I did not know him myself, but he who sent me to baptize with water had said to me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and rest is the one who is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. Yes, I have seen, and I am the witness that he is the chosen one of God. Today's Good News finishes a unique account of a meeting between John the baptizer with water and Jesus the baptizer with the Holy Spirit, with John describing Jesus as the chosen one of God. This account of the baptism of Jesus is different from the Synoptic Gospels, where Jesus rises from the River Jordan to the spoken language of God, saying, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The Chosen One of God title and Beloved Son are very similar. Do you think Jesus may have realised this special relationship existed before he plunged into the waters of the Jordan? Perhaps sometime during his hidden life in Galilee? We know that Jesus often spent time alone in prayer and may even have heard Mary use the words, You are my wonderful son, you make me glad. Did he also call God Father for the same reason? In Matthew's account, John seems to believe this and tries to dissuade Jesus from entering the water. I need to be baptised by you and you are coming to me. Father Gregory Carlson, a Jesuit teacher, explains that there are two sides to every encounter with the mystery of God, an affirmation stage and an invitation stage. This made me think about the other phrase spoken by John the Baptist and repeated so often at every Mass, Behold the Lamb of God. On first reflection, this is not a very flattering title. Lambs are quite dozy and mucky and completely dependent upon the mother sheep, not the image expected of the Messiah. 
Another image that doesn't help us is to think John means Jesus is like a gentle or a meat lamb. Although this might be useful later when we see what occurs in Jerusalem. Father Greg says, to understand better what's being proclaimed here, we should take the first phrase, you are my wonderful son, as being the affirmation stage, showing an intimacy from God. Then listen to the phrase, Lamb of God, as being the invitation stage, asking Jesus to take up the role of the suffering servants we heard about in Isaiah. This is a big ask, and we know it led to the 40 days of fasting and deliberation in the desert for Jesus to work out what this might mean in practice. In his personal search for the face of the Lord, the late Pope Benedict said this title had been the cause of much puzzlement. Why is Jesus called the Lamb, and why does this Lamb take away the sin of the world? The answer probably lies in the cross, which gives a deeper meaning to Jesus' baptism and is the heart of the good news. The last third of the Gospels is where to look for answers about the Lamb. It's the part situated around Jerusalem, where the hostile opponents of Jesus eventually put him to death at the time of Passover, when the Exodus is remembered. Jesus is seen as the ultimate sacrificial Lamb. The final chapters also have the incredible accounts of the resurrection and in particular on the last page of Mark it states that whoever believes and is baptised will be saved. Richard Rohr examines this at another level, the universal. He says sin is collective and salvation is collective. He points out that God is saving humanity as a whole, not just individuals. All are saved, not because we are worthy, but because we are connected to God through Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who forgives the sin of the world. He explains salvation and evil are part of human history. All have sinned. No one is more worthy than anyone else. All carry the burden of sin. The body of Christ reconnects by going into communion with the Holy Spirit. This is the good news. The important thing is to keep reminding each other that the message of mercy is a salvation through the grace of God and the work of the Holy Spirit, and not human efforts, and that Jesus is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. So the good news starts off with baptism in water with John and finishes with baptism in the Holy Spirit with Jesus. It seems pretty safe to say that this good news and the sacraments of baptism are linked by an important message of joy, hope and thanksgiving. We're being told the whole story of the good news today by John on one page. Here we meet the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is why after Jesus had died and risen, The apostles baptised everyone who believed in the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus had accepted the image of his suffering and his triumph. In today's two-stage gospel, we see him being affirmed as the Son of God 
and accepting the invitation to be the Lamb of God. Jesus is chosen in baptism and shown to be precious, to lead the way to mercy. But first, to demonstrate what it is to be a lamb before God. So remember the good news when we say, Behold the Lamb of God. You take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. Remember that this is our Christian call of victory. And by John the Baptist being a witness, his role is to lead the way through mercy, to point out that forgiveness is through Jesus and the Holy Spirit and is for all. This is the Lamb of God who takes our sins. Happy are those who are called to His supper.